Nick Abbott on LBC. Call 0345 6060 973. Let's cross to the US, talk to LBC's American correspondent, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Now, let's talk about Kamala Harris. She's the US vice president. Um, she uh, appears to be about to run to be the, uh, the top person. Well, I think there's no question that she's gargling in the wings. I mean, she's limbering up, as are a host of other uh, Democrats, because she senses, uh, as we all do, uh, that Joe Biden is in substantial difficulty with the public. His approval rating last week uh, reached its lowest level yet, 31%. Uh, that is uh, the lowest level for any uh, president at this point during their administration since modern polling began back in the 1950s and an increasing number of Democrats tell pollsters that they do not believe that Joe Biden should be seeking a second term in office. I mean, he's about to turn 80. He'll be 80 uh, this November. He is already the oldest uh, president uh, serving uh, in an administration. Uh, and by the time the, ne the next election comes around and, and another uh, four years wraps up, he would be 86. And so there there is uh, a sense not just that he's uh, that he's showing that that he's that he that he is of an age that uh, kind of makes him need to start thinking about whether he should run for another four years uh, in the presidency, but that he is absolutely evidently uh, slowing down and not necessarily the man for this particular era. So we've seen the vice president Kamala Harris suddenly sort of reanimated in the course of the last few weeks, and and the cause for that was really the Supreme Court's decision striking down Roe versus Wade, that landmark 1973 ruling that kept abortion legal uh, all over the country for half a century. That really uh, was effectively opportunity knocking at Kamala Harris's door, and she has very gratefully answered the door, seized upon that particular issue. Uh, she is trying essentially to portray herself uh, as the key administration figure responding uh, to the C Supreme Court's ruling and responding to the angst of grassroots Democrats who see uh, abortion now being outlawed in a, uh, a host of states, particularly those, of course, across the American South. And so we have seen her over the course of the last uh, couple of weeks traveling to a variety of states, many of which will be absolutely crucial in not just the presidential election in 2024, but America midterm elections later this year. So she's been to Florida, she's been to New Jersey, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Indiana, Virginia. Those are all swing states in presidential politics. Sometimes they go for Democrats, sometimes they go for Republicans. The message she is delivering in each of those states has been quite cleverly crafted. Uh, I mean, she's essentially expropriated the Republican Party's traditional talking point uh, which, of course, is government has no right interfering in your life and the less government you have in your life, the better. And she's making the point that what right does the government possibly have uh, to uh, tell women that they're not allowed any longer to get an abortion or 
perhaps uh, in future rulings, to restrict uh, the legal right to contraception or uh, the legal right to same-sex marriage. Now, as to whether she can truly and successfully mount a comeback, well, that's a different question. She faces a very steep climb. Uh, Her own approval rating uh, has recovered from its low point of 28%. She's now at 39%. But to put that into perspective... At this stage of the administration, she is 14% less popular with the public than Mike Pence was during the Trump administration. So the climb for her is going to be very steep, and, and not, not just with the public at large, but also with Democrats, many of whom are not entirely sure that she has got the necessary credentials that you need to have your finger on the nuclear trigger. You know, people here wonder why Biden and Kamala Harris ratings are so low. What what are they doing wrong? Well, look, I think to be fair to them, they have been beset by an array of uh, problems and difficulties that would have taxed even the most nimble uh, of political leaders. I mean, not just, of course, the uh, crisis of trying to deal with an economy that is entering a recessionary period quite clearly, even though they won't say that uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. But then uh, the impact uh, of Ukraine uh, suddenly upending Uh, everybody's uh, base assumptions about where foreign policy was heading uh, in Europe and, of course, adding to the economic woes that the country is facing. Then there have been problems of their own creation, the the, the insane baby formula shortage that is still taking place uh, in this country is one example of a self-inflicted goal by a Biden administration that just simply uh, didn't have its eye on the ball as the industry back in February was warning Uh, of a looming problem and there is much more broadly than that just a general sense of absolute malaise here i mean the normal cocksure brash confidence of americans has been sapped by the events of the last uh, not just the last two two plus years with covid but the years prior to that with donald trump in the white house the uprising on capitol hill the prevalence of mass gun violence you know every couple of weeks another mass shooting uh, hitting the headlines it's not a particularly optimistic time and so you see in poll after poll i think the most recent number i saw 88% of the public says that under Joe Biden's leader, leadership, the country is on the wrong track. And that's the thing he's got to find a way, or she's got to find a way, of digging themselves out from under. And it's not really right now about 2024. It's about the midterm elections this coming November, because if the Democrats lose the wafer-thin majority that they have up on Capitol Hill in the House of Representatives and the Senate... Well, if the Republicans win control of both of those legislative bodies, Joe Biden's going to be an absolute lame duck for the last two years of his administration. Now, they do have in the pipeline a couple of things that might actually, if not radically change their fortunes, uh, give them, uh, you know, a brighter tomorrow. And that's the, they're going to sort of codify 
is it same-sex marriage or is it abortion into, um, no, it must be same-sex marriage. Well, they're trying to do various things in various parts of the country. Nationally, uh, they have said that they want to try and codify abortion protections into federal law, but they just don't have the numbers to do that up on Capitol Hill. So uh, it's pretty much uh, uh, dead in the water. I mean, there are other efforts underway to codify protection of same-sex marriage, to codify the right to contraception into federal law law. Uh, I mean, but there is a caveat to all of that. Federal law is not immune from being appealed to the US Supreme Court. It certainly offers a layer of protection, and there's no question that if the Democrats uh, uh, Barack Obama, for example, or Bill Clinton had codified abortion protections into federal law, it may certainly have delayed the day when a Supreme Court could strike down Roe versus Wade, because they'd be having to deal with federal laws that they'd have to look at and decide whether to uphold or strike down. So there are efforts underway to try and protect some of those rights. But again, you know, Joe Biden's biggest problem, Nick, is that he governs like a man who's got a working majority up on Capitol Hill. But his coattails in the last presidential election did not bring the Democrats the landslide that they were hoping to see. So he's he's got wafer thin majorities uh, and that gives him difficulties. He did get a bit of good news tonight, though. It does seem like that recalcitrant Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia may now be willing to give Joe Biden a win on some of the uh, economy, energy and climate change uh, legislative proposals that have been languishing up on Capitol Hill. So suddenly tonight, the White House is daring to dream that they might be able to bring some of that over the finishing line. Yeah, and he had this big infrastructure bill, which sort of came and went and it didn't really move the dial very much for him. But one thing that might is the price of medicine. Is he not about to radically alter the price of um, a lot of people's pills? Yeah, he's trying to do that uh, with a series of executive orders and some moves up on Capitol Hill uh, that, if passed, could certainly bring the price of medicines down. Uh, I mean, remember that uh, medicines are uh, ludicrously expensive in this country, and frankly, sometimes ludicrously expensive even if you've got private insurance. Uh, Medicare, which is the closest uh, this country gets to the national, to, to any kind of a national health service, and it's nothing like a national health service, certainly makes uh, prescription drugs much more affordable for retirees than they have been in the past, but he's seeking to control the those prices even more, stamp out uh, the need that many Americans experience to travel to Canada uh, to get their medicines because they're much cheaper on the other side of the Canadian border than they are on this side of the fence. So he can certainly try to do himself some good in all of those regards. But at the end of the day, you've got to deal more broadly with this kind of sense of malaise, just this general overriding sense that the public has that America's on the wrong track. And it's stoked uh, not only by the difficulties the Biden administration has encountered, but by the utterly polarized nature of American politics. I mean, these lawmakers, know, particularly the Republicans, no longer come to Washington seeking to compromise they are looking for constant conflict and constant tension and looking for any vague bit of leverage that will give them a bit of an edge over the Democrats. And the Democrats also are now increasingly engaged in that game, which is why, you know, there's a sense among some observers that, as the Atlantic uh, magazine put it in a recent profile, Joe Biden is a man 
out of time. Not just a man running out of time to get stuff done, but a man literally who has governed America based on experience that is steeped in a in an age and a practice of American politics that has just absolutely evaporated before our eyes over the last 20 years. Do you think that there is a chance that the right wing have actually become a little too successful for their own good. And I'm specifically thinking about this abortion law because it, it's actually not that popular, is it? Yeah, well, and of course, this is why Kamala Harris is going even to some states that are governed by Republicans and taking the abortion issue uh, absolutely head on uh, because she believes and Democrats hope uh, that the impact of uh, uh, outlawing abortion or very, very substantially restricting it, uh, it certainly doesn't have the kind of public backing that some Republicans believe and is extremely controversial with women voters, particularly those in the suburbs of major cities. And if you cast your mind back to the last couple uh, of presidential elections, I mean, the suburbs of Philadelphia are absolutely vital in terms of uh, charting a course to success in a presidential election. Uh, so it is no uh, coincidence that Kamala Harris has descended on Pennsylvania because she wants to get the message out to women voters seen as all important, both in the November midterm elections and then in the next presidential election, and try to galvanise them to act. And of course, in, in, in short order, what she wants them to do uh, is organise and get behind Democrat candidates in this November's congressional elections in a bid to try and halt what looks at the moment like an inevitable victory for the Republicans in November. But it's only July, there's plenty to play for, and if she can be effective, and the Democrats more broadly can be effective in some of those very, very specific areas, because, you know, every no presidential election is ever decided by a voter in uh, California because we all know how they're going to vote, or a voter in Washington, D.C. They're always decided in these swing states, these battlegrounds, and the votes of suburban women are seen as being absolutely pivotal. There's an interesting poll from New Hampshire. They were um, asked who they'd like to be the, um, the next runner, uh, for, uh, I believe, for president. Yeah. And Pete Buttigieg won. Yeah, over and above Joe Biden. So yeah. that gives you a real sense. I mean, New Hampshire, you know, the, the one of the first states to hold primaries when we get to uh, 2024 in the presidential cycle. Pete Buttigieg in first place with 17%. Joe Biden, 16% behind him. Uh, sorry, trailing him at 16%. Uh, you have to go all the way down to, let's see, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh place to find Kamala Harris on 6%. She's mm. even behind Bernie Sanders. Anders, the old socialist war horse from Vermont. So that's not great news for her. It's obviously pretty awful news for Joe Biden. And if you're Pete Buttigieg or a host of these other figures uh, whose names show up in this poll, including Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who is absolutely flexing his presidential uh, muscles. I mean, when Joe Biden uh, made the grave error of leaving Washington, D.C. and heading to the Middle East a couple of weeks ago, 
his his chopper had barely taken off from the White House lawn than Governor Gavin Newsom of California suddenly showed up with a local news crew in tow uh, to take a tour of the White House, quite by chance, you understand. I mean, the messaging was pretty uh, brutal, and this these polling numbers are brutal for Biden, but they're also very brutal for Kamala Harris. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, over at the clown show, <laughs> Donald Trump is suing CNN. <laughs> I've just taken a look at this thing because it dropped into my mailbox uh, about four or five hours ago. Uh, so Donald Trump uh, has ordered his new lawyers. Uh, so there's another law firm on Pennsylvania Avenue that uh, will be hoping to make a lot of money out of Donald Trump, although let's see if he pays the bills. Yeah, right. He's ordered them to send a, uh, a letter by overnight mail to the new CEO of CNN, uh, and it's headlined, Notice of Intent to bring civil action for defamation. Now, I would suggest that the word intent might be doing quite a lot of work in that uh, in that particular sentence because Donald Trump often threatens to take lawsuits out um, and doesn't often act on them. However, this thing runs 282 pages wow. because not only... Uh, does it make the case that CNN has defamed Donald Trump in laborious detail in the letter? But there are then hundreds of pages at the end where they've added every single article that CNN has ever published on its website about Donald Trump's completely erroneous claims about the 2020 election. So, uh, by chance, this letter actually serves as a, a wonderful sort of trove of research <laughs> for anyone who is interested in seeing just what crazy conspiracy theories Donald Trump has uh, promulgated about the 2020 presidential election. They are all conveniently there for your viewing pleasure in one place. And he's promised... And I'm glad that he's done this. It makes me feel more comfortable. He's <laughs> promised to never stop fighting for the truth. He's never going to stop fighting for the truth. And uh, in a speech that he made here in Washington uh, earlier this week, the first time that he'd been back in Washington since uh, he left the White House ahead of Joe Biden's inauguration, because remember, he didn't stick around for the inauguration. He said, I mean, he painted an incredibly dark vision of the country. He called it a cesspool of crime. Uh, I mean, this speech almost made his inaugural address when he spoke about American carnage mm. feel like an upper. This was a really down speech. Uh, and he said, I have to save the country, which is really the closest he's come yet. Uh, officially to articulating what I think we all know is his decision, that he's going to stand for the presidency again in 2024. Let's see if he can outrun the Department of Justice, which is now very clearly on his tail. <laughs> I don't think he does running. <laughs> no, no, <I> don't think <laughs> so. He'll get in a golf cart, yeah. see how fast that goes. Not even for a bus. So, Simon, thanks very much. Yeah. Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent, joining us there from Washington, D.C. This is LBC. <laughs> <laughs>